It's a great time of the year because we're all thinking of Christmas. We're all thinking of gifts and we're all thinking of getting together with everybody and it's an awesome time. I love Christmas time. <laughs> so anyway, um, it's not 100% a Christmas message, but it is partially, <laughs> okay? <laughs> so my first verse that I'm going to give to you is Mark 16, verse 15. Am I echoing back? <laughs> I kind of hear an echo, I don't know, or a... <laughs> whatever. <laughs> okay, I'm good? All right, that's better, I can tell. <laughs> okay, it, and it said, says here, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now we know this is Jesus who said this right before he ascended up into heaven. And he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, everybody. Well, what is the gospel? And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. What is the gospel? And, of course, we'd have to do the whole Bible to get the full content of the gospel, right? It involves a lot of stuff. Otherwise, Jim would preach one message, <laughs> and then we could all go home. But no, uh, there's a lot to the gospel. And each one of us has a part. He was talking to the disciples, and he was telling them to go to the whole world. And then we follow what they did. So we got to keep spreading the gospel. And so I, when I, I put together some things, maybe a little bit different than what you're used to thinking of with the gospel. But I'm going to start with uh, what Jesus was talking about in the third chapter of John. And you can either read it on the overhead or look in your Bible. John 3, 3. And Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So here was this religious leader that Jesus was talking to who should have known all about this, and Jesus was telling him, you've got to be born again. Well, what is born again? What, what does that mean? I'm an old man, you know. How, how am I going to be born again? And uh, that's been a question throughout the ages. Anyway, we know Jesus explained to him what being born again was. It's by being born by the Spirit. So each one of us has to be born by the Spirit. Well, how come? Why do we have to do that? But 
Uh, if we drop down to verse 16 and 17, and I think we all have this memorized, or at least we should. <laughs> Jesus continued talking and he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So Jesus was saying that God loved the world. He so loved the world. Well, why would he love the world? I mean, the world, basically, it's turned its back on God. You look at it today, it's not much different, is it? But, but Jesus said that God so loved that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him, believe. So if we look at this, when you start thinking about that, that's conditional. It's not everybody that's going to be saved. Verse 17 says, but that the world through him might be saved. Might. Might is conditional, isn't it? Doesn't mean that just because Jesus came that everyone is going to be saved. That's why he said, preach the gospel. Why? So people could hear and know. Well, I'm going to take a little twist here, and we're going to go right back to Genesis. <laughs> Genesis 1, 1 and 2, and see a little bit more about what I believe God, why God loves the world. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So here we see in the very beginning, everything was dark, dark, dark. It was no light, very dark. And we've all had the examples of shutting off all the lights and there being no sign of any light. Well, this is what it was like in the beginning. There was no light. It was all darkness. In other words, there's no life. Nothing can live without light. There has to be some form of life, light for life to be there. So we're going to read here now in 3 and 4. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. He just spoke it. And God saw the light that it was good. 
And God divided the light from the darkness. Now we know that that made day and night, right? Nighttime, it's dark. Daytime, it's light. The sun is shining, right? Well, it goes on through there and it tells of all the things that God created by speaking the word and just all this stuff was created. But it's interesting, after he created and spoke these things, he always looked at it and said it was good. Now, I happen to like to, to do ceramics, make different things. And if you're like me, if you've done a good job on it, you look at it and you say, I like that. That's good. I, I really like that. I think this one's really special. <laughs> you take pride in the stuff that you do. Now, we should, shouldn't we? Shouldn't we do things to the best of our ability and then be happy the way it turns out? Sometimes I'm a little critical about myself. <laughs> I'll look in as it, that line's not quite straight. Or <laughs> because I'm the creator of it and I know. But guess what? Nobody else knows that <laughs> they don't even look at it. <laughs> but God looked at the things that he made and he says, it's good. I like this world that I've created. And then... We're going to go down to verses 26 and 27. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created him. So here's our first glimpse that God is not just a individual. He, was, he wasn't talking to himself, was he? He wasn't talking to the angels because they're not made in God's likeness. Now they may be similar in many ways, but they're not the same as God. And God said, I want somebody in my image, just like me. Well, why would man be just like him? It tells us that they would have dominion over the fish, over the birds, over all the cattle, over all the earth. They were created to have dominion over this world that we live in. And then he created them male and female. And they were both supposed to have this dominion. Verse 28 says, Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. 
Now, why would God tell him this? He gave them a job to do, didn't he? And he explained to them what their job was. When, when you have an employer, they give you a job description. Well, God gave man a job description. He says, now, you're to have dominion over all of this. And God looked at all of this. And then uh, verse 31, then God saw everything that he had made right from the beginning, everything he had made, and, he, and it was very good. He was really proud of his creation. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So by the time man was made, it was six days already. God had been creating, making all kinds of things, being very pleased about it. I, to me, sometimes I'm just amazed at all the different animals and all the different things that are out there. Man, God must have had fun creating all this stuff, right? I mean, you just a little insect, the, the delicateness of each little part that he has made. And God just spoke. He just knew instantly what he wanted, and it was there. But the last creation was his most precious creation, man, because he was made in the likeness of man. And so um, God thought that this was very good. I got to catch up with my notes here. <laughs> uh, see, the thing with all of his creation, basically he spoke out, but we know that he handcrafted man. In other words, he formed man out of the dust of the earth. And we see this in the second chapter of Genesis now, verses 7 and 8. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. He wasn't just a creation, he was a being. That's a little different. He wasn't a creature, he was a being. And the Lord planted a garden. He liked this man so much that he made this special garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. This man was a representation of God. And so, then in the verse 15, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend to it and to keep it. Here's his job description again. You're supposed to take care of this garden. I made this beautiful garden. It's got everything in it that you could possibly need or desire or want. It's got a lot of stuff that we women would really like. 
Um, you just have to read the story. Anyway, uh, then in verses 16 and 17, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. All of this stuff, everything, all these variety of fruits and everything that's out here, you can eat anything you want. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Hmm. One thing they can't do. Just one thing. Now, why did God have one thing they can't do? Otherwise, they had a choice. They could serve God or not serve God. They could be obedient or they could be disobedient. Otherwise, they wouldn't be like God. They'd just be like an angel or an animal or something like that. But God gave man this. It's such a gift that God has given to man that we have a choice. And the interesting thing is, God will not go against your choice. If you choose to live a certain way, go right ahead. God said, you have a choice. That doesn't mean there won't be repercussions. <laughs> but God had given man a choice because he was made in the likeness of God. So they had everything that they needed, everything that they could possibly want. Now we're going to look at verse 18. And the Lord God said, It's not good that man should be alone. <laughs> I will make him a helper comparable to him. If you read through this chapter, you're going to see God had all the animals come to Adam. And Adam is busy naming all these animals. And I have suspicion, uh, this isn't Bible, but I believe, you know, that Adam could actually talk to the animals. It's like, okay, where do you get that? Well, the serpent talked to him, didn't he? Anyway. That's neither here nor there, but, you know, you, you hear people all the time, they have ideas of talking to the animals and stuff like that. Well, I think originally that was God's intent. He was supposed to have dominion over them. He's supposed to tell them what to do, and they're supposed to do it. Anyway, that's my idea. <laughs> you could take it or leave it. That's a freebie. <laughs> God didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the Lord said, you know, after Adam looks, brings everybody around, everybody's got male and female, male and female. But no one was there for Adam. Adam didn't have anybody. So then God said, it's not good that man should be alone. 
I'm going to make him a helper comparable to him. Just like him in all ways, right? As far as abilities, okay? <laughs> now we're going to look at verses 21 to 24. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam. And he slept. And he, that is God, took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. See, God was the first surgeon. Okay, Patty? God created surgeons. <laughs> That's just a private joke. Then the, then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. Okay, he takes this rib. It wasn't just a bone, okay? It was a rib, part of his side, flesh and bone. How do we know there was flesh on it? Well, let's keep reading, 21 to 24. Well, now, sorry, verse 23 is where we want to go. And Adam said, when after God brought this woman to him, Adam said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, that they shall become one flesh. I thought it was interesting that God would have that scripture put in right there. Adam and Eve, there wasn't anybody else around. It was just the two of them. So they didn't have to leave father and mother. But God put that in there so that mankind, the generations to follow, would know how important it is that this union of man and woman be that they should separate themselves from the rest of their family and become one. That doesn't mean they can't be friends, they can't go visit, all that, but they have to make their own life, make their thing together because God made them as one. So, here they are, they're placed in the Garden of Eden to have everything that they want, and then chapter 3 happens. <laughs> now, we're not going to read all of chapter 3, okay? <laughs> but there was somebody else in that garden. Now, you remember God told Adam and Eve to take care of the garden, to tend it, to keep it. I think that's an interesting word, to keep it. Because what does the old devil do? He comes, enters into this serpent, 
And of course he comes and tempts Eve, deceives her. And then what does she do? Say, Adam, isn't this fruit so nice? So they both ate of the forbidden fruit because they had a choice. What should they do? But Satan is a trick. He tricks people. And he was jealous. He was envious of man because Satan used to be a beautiful creature. Here he was, so beautiful in a high position in the kingdom of God. And then uh, something happened that uh, destroyed this relationship that he had with God. So we're going to read Isaiah 14, 12 to 14, just to give you a little background. I know most of you already know this, but we're putting it together here. In Isaiah it says, How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation, on the furthest sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Pretty proud creature, won't you think? Well, he's trying to make himself like God or above God. Nobody can take God's place. That's totally reserved for him. And when we go through life, and we just do our own thing, that's how we are. We are taking the place of God. We're trying to be doing our own thing. Meantime, God had given Adam and Eve a plan for their life. And he has a plan for each one of us. But when we do our own thing, then that's like what Satan did or Lucifer did. He said, I'm going to do this. I, and he was proud. I can do my own thing. Well, um, I know that uh, Jesus, this isn't a scripture for us to put up, but in Luke 10, 18, Jesus said, that he saw Satan fall. In other words, because of his pride, he was cast down, he was cast out. Well, don't you think now that Satan is really mad because God has created this special being that was just like God? He wanted to be just like God, but now here... He's cast down and God makes man in 
God's image. And he handcrafts him and he breathes into him his own breath. The breath of life. This was a special creation. And then God looked at him and said, this is good, very good. I really like this man that I made. But to be like God, he had to have a choice, right? Now, Satan didn't like this, of course, and so he is, the only way he can get anything is by trickery and deception. And so he becomes a thief. And we're going to read John 10.10. I know we've heard this one a lot. We ought to have it memorized by now. (laughs) The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they can have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So the thief, what does he want? What did he do? He deceived them. He stole their dominion. He stole their authority. Because now all of a sudden, Adam and Eve had no confidence towards God. They died spiritually. And when God came looking for them to talk to them, they were hiding. How can you hide from God? Because even if you go to hell, he, he can see you down there. Doesn't matter where you are. What you do, he sees and he knows all. That's why he's God, right? Because he knows everything. You think you get away with something? But just remember verse 17, that he sent Jesus not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So so then uh, we're coming to the fact that man is lost. He's without God. And here God wanted this creation that he made, he wanted him back. But he's not going to be like a thief and steal the man back. Man has a choice. He has the right to say, no, I don't want you, God. Or, yes, I want you. I want you to be part of my life. So we're going to look again at John. Oh, wait a minute. Genesis. We're looking at Genesis 3. 14 and 15, because something important happened in these verses. And it's very easy for us to not catch it sometimes. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the cattle. See, I think the serpent had a choice even as far as, like, here comes the devil, I'm going to use you, because he says, you are cursed more than all the cattle and more than every beast of the field. 
On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. Because you let Satan use you, now you are going to have to slither on the ground. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. I want you to look at that real close. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. You see that seed is capital S. God was already making a provision for a savior. This is the gospel, that God himself made a provision when man chose to be disobedient. God said, I'm going to send my seed, someone that is from me, a seed from me, that is going to then... Uh, bruise the head of Satan. And that means I'm going to send my seed to destroy the power and the ability of Satan to control you. The ability, his dominion over you, I'm going to, he's going to bruise your head. My son will bruise your head and you will bruise his heel. Well, that's referring to the crucifixion. Because bruising the heel, you know, Satan thought he was destroying Satan, uh, destroying Jesus. But God raised him from the dead, didn't he? That's the story. That's the gospel. And we wanted to know what the gospel is. Well, the gospel was that God made this beautiful creation, this awesome creation. And he loved every part of it. Believe you me, it wasn't just man that he loved. He loved the whole of creation that he made. But then he really loved this man that he made. This man and this woman that were created in his image. And so I want to read to you again John 3:16 For God so loved the world that he gave Don't we give gifts at Christmas? We think, oh well, the wise men came and they gave gifts to Jesus. So we give gifts but no, the very first one to give was God. God gave his only begotten son, the seed from his own being, that whoever believes, whoever chooses to believe in him should not perish. You don't have to perish but have everlasting life. You're not going to die and go to where Satan is with all of his 
host. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now we're going to read also 18 through 21. He explains it a little more here. He said, he who believes in him is not condemned. If you believe in Jesus, you're not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already. In other words, until you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're condemned. That's just the way it is. You can like it or not. That's the way it is. You have a choice to believe it or not believe it. He's given you that choice. You can be, uh, be saved or you can be condemned. It's your choice. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. How much plainer can you get than that? And this is the condemnation, that the light has come. Remember, light, God created light. Light has come into the world. Well, in our spiritual realm, Jesus is the light. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. They thought they were having fun. They were doing things their own way. They were able to do whatever they wanted. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. They don't want everybody to know what they're doing. They just want to have fun. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done what they have done in God. We are to let our light shine, right? But the gospel the whole thing is actually talking about God's love for mankind, for his creation, what he created, what he loved. He wanted to get it back, but he did it legally. He didn't steal it like a thief. So he made a way for man to choose, am I going to take this and go back to God or am I just going to keep living in sin which I enjoy well I've asked Pastor Jim to help me with a demonstration <laughs> you know I like my demonstrations you don't have to say or do anything okay. you don't have to worry <laughs> I didn't tell him what I was going to do. I like to keep him guessing. See? <laughs> yes. 
Now, I told you I like doing ceramics, right? This little eagle here I painted. I don't know if you can see online. It's kind of far away. Zoom in. <laughs> but I took a lot of time painting this very carefully. Not, you know, for want of a better word, I like this, but in this instance, I love this, okay? God loved the world, what he created. So I love this, this eagle. I think he's beautiful. Very nice. Now, I also love this for another reason. My son, whom I love, sent me this eagle to paint. And so I was very careful how I painted it. And so it's double precious to me. He's very precious. It's like my son, right? It's my son gave this to me. So in relationship to what God has done for us, he created us, he created the world, then he sent his son. He loved us so much that he gave his son to us. So I am giving this to you as a gift from me of my love to you. Now, you have a right to refuse it or you have a right to accept it. Now, I'll give you instructions. God gave, the, gave man instructions, right? So you should dust it every week or two. <laughs> Put it in a place of prominence. If you love it. <laughs> now, I have a special spray that we could spray on it every now and then. But those are things that would help keep it nice. You don't have to do any of it. You can go throw it away because I have given it to you free, no strings attached. It's your choice what you do with it. Now, I know what I would like him to do, but it's his choice, right? Thank you very much. You can go sit down. Are you really giving this to me or is it just an illustration? <laughs> I'm really giving really? it to you. It's very nice. It's beautiful. <laughs> I'm not, no, I can't say that. No, it's yours. Oh. So that is a demonstration of God's love to us, right? You know, God gives me these il illustrations, so I think it's a good illustration of God's love. But he, it's him that gives me the... Um, I can't even say the word. He's the one that tells me how
to get it over to you. Because if I speak something and you don't understand it, then what good is it for me to, to speak, right? But if you can understand it and you can take home that one thing, even if it's just one thing of God's love, that's the gospel. You can say it half a dozen different ways. But God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only begotten son. The only son that came from his loins. His seed, that was his. And why did he do that? Because he wanted us back. He cared so much for us. He wanted us back. But we still had to choose. We had to choose him. We have to choose to receive it in order for it to work. God went through all of this and sending his son and Jesus living on earth and showing the world what God was like, dying on the cross then going into hell and fighting for us. He literally fought to take the dominion back for us. And then God raised him from the dead. And so we can see through all of this that the gospel is truly, you must be born again. You have to Say, yes, Lord, I want you. I want to follow you. I want you directing my life. I want to live like God, what he wants me to live, what you tell me to do. That's what the whole gospel is all about. And, you know, we can look at ourselves, and there's varying degrees that we love at times. Sometimes we love a little. Yeah, I love. Other times, oh, wow, I really love. I love God. I'm going to be a witness for God. And then, oh, I just don't feel very energetic today. I don't, well, I don't want to do anything, God. But you know what? His love never changes. God is love. He is pure love. Pure love. And all we have to do is accept him and say, yes, Lord, I want what you have for me. And so each one of us can look at our hearts and look at our lives. And if we find our love getting a little cold, what do we do? We stir ourselves up. We look at the scriptures and we think, God so loved me. He loved me so much that he gave his son for me. He gave his son for me. It doesn't matter what the world thinks, but God gave his son for me. And he gave it for each one of you. 
and God never changes. <laughs> He's always presenting the gift to us. And if you think you've done a lot of bad things, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. 